welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. We're picking locks here on a Thursday morning here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Chip Patterson here, Tom Finelli, Barton Simmons on the line. Gentlemen, we had a uh, we had a strong bounce back week for the syndicate. It was of course uh, you did. Well, I mean, Barton, you were you were five hundred, <laughs> two and two. Yeah, look, I, I appreciate you guys picking me up. This I'm I'm starting to get the hang of this baby stuff, and this week I've got a clear mind. I'm ready to get back in, in above five hundred. Um, Tom went two and one, hitting on Eastern Michigan, Kentucky under. Missing on Oklahoma State, minus nine and a half. Hitting on Baylor, plus 17. That is plus one for the week, plus three for the season. Barton at plus seven. And Chip hits on Houston Temple under. Hits on Syracuse, plus 12. Missing New Mexico State. The boy, my Aggies were competitive. And, uh, and Alabama Ole Miss over 59. Alabama covered that by themselves. Uh, plus two for the week. Climbing closer to 500 now at minus two for the season. Big, big week. This is, uh, so, what'd you say? We, we made people rich this weekend. That's what, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Hey, th- this, if you thought last weekend was a good money making opportunity, we're about to, we are about to have people rolling in it this weekend. I feel pretty good pretty. about the slate this weekend. All right. Pretty, pretty good. All right, lead us off. Let's go, Lou. You're you're still you're still uh, number one s- with a strong. Uh, I thought we were going. I thought we were going since since Chip was the winner last week. That you're first. Oh, on okay. The Honors on but the T box. Well, then, hey, let's go. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. And I think Florida State's going to win. I, I gut feeling, but also, um, this, this has got to be, this has got to be Florida State's best game. Um, this, I, I don't know. I, I think I would have picked Florida State because the game's in Tallahassee coming into the season, and even with the loss of DeAndre Francois, even with all of the. Um, as crazy as things have been around this program with everyone freaking out, they had their hands full with Wake Forest needing that incredible James Blackman to audentate touchdown to be able to win that game. I, I, I still think this is, uh, I think this is Florida State's game. I think the defense plays well, and I think that the one weakness, and this is where I think the game hinges, the one weakness that I think Miami really has is in their secondary. Their secondary kind of got picked on by. Uh, by both John Wolford and Logan Woodside from Toledo. And so I think that when they start breaking down that tape and when they're game planning, uh, they're going to be looking at some of those corners and safeties that have been susceptible. And when you've got some some big old avatars on the side, uh, like Tate and like Gavin, you know, 6'3", six, 6'5", six, types, uh, I think that they're going to make it easy for, for James Blackman. I think it's going to be an awesome game, but... Uh, I think the Florida State wins this. And considering that the last uh, three games have all been tight, if you're going to give me Florida State at home plus two and a half, where even if they even if they fall by something crazy, I might still be able to cash that cover. I'm taking Florida, I'm taking the Knolls in this big game. I'm with you. I've 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 got the Knolls covering. I've got them winning straight up. I mean. I understand the hesitation everybody has about Florida State this year because that offensive line has not been good, but the offensive line has been problematic for the last few years, to be honest. And I I am worried simply because Miami's defense so far this year has been pretty proficient at getting, you know, getting making tackles in the backfield, tackles for loss. And Florida State obviously has had problems giving those up. And I feel like that could be a problem. But I just feel like everybody's writing Florida State off a little too easily. I mean, I understand that they're one and two, but one of those losses was to Alabama, which I don't think you can ever really hold against somebody. And another was a loss to NC State, which NC State might actually prove to be a pretty decent team this year. At the end of the year, it might not look like a bad loss at all. 
So uh, this is still a Florida State team that was ranked number three to start the season that many people had as a college football playoff team. I, I had Clemson, but still, it was a lot of people who had Florida State in that pick. And then also, the last time Florida State lost to Miami, Bobby Bowden was still coaching it. Yeah, they Jimbo never hasn't. lost to the Canes under Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> Jimbo hasn't lost. Yeah, so I, I understand the I, picking Miami is perfectly reasonable. It's pr- understandable, and you know they're favorite for a reason. But until Florida State actually loses to Miami, until Miami shows me it's over the hump that it never gets over, I'm going to go with Florida State. Okay, counterpoint. Uh, Mark Richt has only lost to Jimbo Fisher, at least at Miami. I looked back to his, his previous record. But uh, he's only lost to Jimbo Fisher once. He lost last year, 2019. By blocked field goal. I blocked the, extra point. Blocked extra point. These sophomores that are, you know, the foundation of this team have only lost once. And they think they should have won that game. Um isn't Miami through two weeks? And I know that they play different teams. Toledo and Duke are not uh, Florida or not Alabama, NC State. But isn't Miami just a better team? When we look at Miami and Florida State, isn't Miami a better football team? They've got a defense that is. I mean, they, they gave up some points to Toledo, but they look totally dominant against Duke as they settled back in. Um, they've. They've got a quarterback in Malik Rozier that, surprisingly to me, has looked really good. Really efficient. It's probably a, a, a safer bet right now than James Blackman. Their offensive line isn't great either, but it's 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 been better than than Florida State's. Um, you know, this game to me is is a, I mean Miami I think smells a real opportunity here. I think Miami is is coming into this game with a Super Bowl mentality. Florida State's coming into this game. Hey, it's important to them too. But they've lost a lot of the things they have to play for. You know, they came into this season looking for a national title. That is, that's not going to happen anymore. And and now I feel like you've got a Miami team that may be even more motivated than the, this Florida State team to win this game. Um, I agree with you know, this is a. These are teams that have played two different schedules, one of which significantly better than the other. But while Wake Forest might be a really good team, that was no fluke that they almost beat them last week. I mean, Wake Forest outgains Florida State by over 100 yards, I think. Um, helped Florida State to like 260 yards of offense or something like that. Uh, so this game is is a tricky one. It's one that I am scared of. And yet, the more I looked at it, the more confident I got. And I'm actually going to hand Miami out as one of my locks. Oh! Yes! I think this is the first time this year that we've got actual syndicate uh, head-to-head battle here. It's a lock fight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a good old lock fight. Haven't seen one of these since 94. (laughs) (laughs) Get out the way. They are swinging them locks. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's, let's battle it out this weekend. You let's, know, let's, I, I tore, this is one of the ones I'll, I'll, I, I, I didn't go, I didn't go cautious this week on my picks. I got a few that I like, and this is the one of the ones that was on the cusp of taking, I, I was on the bubble for me of, of calling it lock or not. And uh, I went ahead and and went with it. Um, you know, I just feel like, look, if, if Miami's, if Miami, I mean, I think Miami feels like this is the year they got to make the turn the corner. And, uh, and, I'm, and I don't know. I think they, I think they do it. Yeah, I mean, this is like the, one of the things that has been horrendous for Florida state is like dumb penalties and negative plays. Like they, Florida state can't get out of their own way. If Florida state does not lock in have like those things corrected even for just like four quarters for this one game or even for like two quarters i agree that they'll lose my lock is is sort of banking on uh sort of banking on a circle the wagons moment for maybe the i mean this game's fun i'm excited about it yeah yeah and i I also feel you know like you were talking about how they've 
their playoff hopes are dead and everything. But I also feel like that could work to their benefit and simply because this game now becomes Florida State's Super Bowl. It's sure. like, you know what? We can't do much, but we could at least beat the hell out of Miami. Yeah, we ain't going to do this. Let's go. Um, all right. Well, Tom, hit me with a lock. Uh, my my first lock of the week this week is Penn State minus 14 and a half against Northwestern. Wow. Yeah. I, I originally, when I Talk saw that, me. I saw that line come out and I was originally all over Northwestern. But yeah. I, I looked a little closer and... Northwestern's offense in its two games against actual Power 5 opponents in in Duke and uh, last week at Wisconsin has been pretty awful, averaging you know about 2.8 yards per play against Power 5 defenses. And just on the whole, watching Northwestern this year, I have been less than impressed. I've just been kind of holy, kind of, you know, it's just, eh. There's not a ton there. The defense has not been as good as I thought, although the defense hasn't been bad. It's been just, you know, fine. But that offense, Justin Jackson, really not getting things going. Clayton Thorson, really not getting anything going. There is no major threat in the receiving game. The offensive line is kind of just average. There's not a ton on this team that I like, and I feel like going up against Penn State defense, who actually in a lot of metrics has been better than the Wisconsin defense this year, and Wisconsin completely shut down Northwestern last week. So I don't see Northwestern doing a whole hell of a lot with the ball as far as putting points on the board. And when you combine that with the fact that Saquon Barkley, Trace McSorley, and so many other weapons are on that offense, I just don't see North, this Northwestern team hanging with Penn State for 60 minutes. And that hook is kind of scary at the 14 and a half. But I'm thinking that Penn State's going to win this one by about somewhere between 20 to 25 points. Wow. Okay. I This was another one I... I, I I thought about it. This wasn't a true bubble one, but this was like one of my hunches I was going to talk about after we went through our locks. And my hunch is uh, in lock fight fashion on the Northwestern side. This is one where like when I go back, like when, when Chip and I were doing the, the win total, preseason win total talks, this is one when I looked at Penn State's schedule – before the season, I was like, keep an eye on this Northwestern game. Because North Penn State's lost the last two to Northwestern. They this is a an eleven AM game. The the it's it's at Northwestern, which is you know, Northwestern's gonna be used to this uh lack Best of atmosphere. <laughs> uh <laughs> easygoing atmosphere. And, uh, and Penn State's not. They're going to have to wake up, shake the cobwebs out of their eyes. The, the crowd isn't going to wake them up. Um, and, and so I think there's a lot, of re- a lot of reason to think Penn State could sleepwalk through the first half of this game. Um, I didn't pick this game because of sort of the things you mentioned. Just Northwestern just has not done enough this year to give me confidence in them. And, uh, you know, they did cover last week against Wisconsin. And Penn State has... As much as they've, as good as they've looked this year, they haven't been perfect. You know, they they almost lost to Iowa. They got outgained by Pitt. They, you know, they're. This is a team that I think right now everyone assumes is a is a juggernaut, and probably they are. But they've got some things they've got to figure out. They haven't played the perfect game yet. Maybe the perfect game comes this weekend at at eleven a.m. in Evanston. But I, I don't I don't know. I I. I I'm I, I'm glad I'm not picking it, um, and I, I I the more you talk about it, the more I think you know. Eh, Northwestern probably in the right play, but I'll oh, stick to your guns. Scared. You backed off Iowa. Stick with Northwestern. Well, I'm not playing it either way. Like yeah, I wasn't yeah, gonna yeah. play it regardless. But I I'm I'm scared of it. But this spot again is is a tricky area for Penn State to come in and try to get motivated early in the day against a, a, a Northwestern team that can, can lull people to sleep. Yeah, I'm on the uh, – it is not a lock for me. I did not consider it. It terrifies me. But on the expert picks on the site, uh, I got Northwestern on the principal play. Big, Big Ten, noon kick, home team getting 14 and a hook. Just, sure. just something to think about. Oh, no, you're right. And, you're right. 
In two games against Power 5 defenses, Northwestern is averaging 3.27 yards per play. Yeah, they ain't going to get the in, they're not getting in, those touchdowns uh from the from the offense. It'll be special teams. It'll be in, it'll be in, defense. In three games against Power 5 defenses, <laughs> Rutgers is averaging 3.6. <laughs> so Northwestern's <laughs> offense has been worse than Rutgers. What's going on with Justin Jackson? They that offensive line just get blocked for him. Can't run block. I mean, they yeah. have yeah, in the in the two games against Wisconsin and Duke, Northwestern's rushed for forty seven yards as a team. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be a problem. Against Penn State. <laughs> yeah, because Penn State's run defense is really good and that secondary has been one of the best secondaries in the Big Ten. Penn State's defense is low key. Like when you look at the defensive st- stats and metrics and uh, Penn State yeah. is as good as anyone in the country right now. And no one's really talking about that because they don't have a whole lot of, you know, I guess Marcus Allen. You know, maybe is their is their name guy uh, Jason Cabinda in the middle. They don't really have a, a a star on that defense, but man, Brent Pry is mm-hmm. is quietly one of the real I think breakouts coordinators in college football this fall. Yeah, there's there's no superstar on defense. It's it's a team effort, and then Saquon Barkley gets so much attention for being Saquon Barkley that everybody kind of overlooks Penn State's defense is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Barton, you wanna you got you're on the books for Miami, uh, minus two and a half. What's your next one? Okay. Um I think the one I feel best about this week uh is Auburn minus mm. I have it written down at minus twenty one. I see it uh, up to maybe minus twenty two now. It doesn't matter. Give me whatever you want to give me. Lay <laughs> all the points. I'll give it's, you the uh, the expert pick. What we locked it in at expert picks for at twenty one and a half. All right, twenty one and a half. Deal. Uh, Auburn is going to absolutely shred Ole Miss. The Ole Miss has quit. They quit last week, and they have quit on this season. And Auburn is there, there's if they thought that was tough against Alabama. They're not getting much of a reprieve on defense against uh, or on offense at least against this Auburn defense. This Auburn defense is as powerful, physical, aggressive, disruptive as as anyone anywhere. And again, last week they quit. And and I think when you look at this old Miss team, they've got uh, a first-year FPS coordinator who came from FCS and just he hadn't seen what he's seeing this year before. He hadn't seen defenses like this. Um, they've got a offensive line coach that they had to hire at the very last minute uh, to allow Matt Luke to, to be promoted to interim head coach. They're not blocking anybody right now. They've got a, a defense that is being run by a guy who's never called defensive plays before because they had to hire somebody and um and they're just they've looked they've looked bad on defense i think that they thought early in the year that they could really rally the troops and and you know let's go out there and play with the chip on our shoulder us against the world and that all sounded well and good when they when they had a nice sort of second half against south alabama but i think that the second they lost to cal this season was over and Auburn is that that defense might be able to handle a team that's a high flying um, spread type of system, but Auburn is going to run downhill on them, and they are going to tap out early. And if and and they're going to and that offense didn't do much against Alabama. I don't know that this defense allows them much more opportunity. It's at Auburn. I just think this is a this is a blowout. I think Auburn does whatever they want and i feel pretty good about laying whatever you want to lay that's awesome that's a good pick it's too late for me to follow you on it but can i can i just give my endorsement (laughs) yeah stamp it (laughs) um chip patterson approves this message yeah yeah absolutely 100 (laughs) percent um the uh yeah i should i should have i should have written it down that was Auburn's going to shred them. There is there is not a single one of our CBSSports.com experts in the expert picks who even dared to take Ole Miss in the points in this one. Do you think about it? 
This whole, this entire coaching staff knows they're not going to be there next year. Now that yeah. I mean, hey, if Matt Luke had, had had really had a big start, you know, then then they're coaching for their jobs, and maybe he hangs on to the, you know, it turns inner tag into permanent tag. But now they all know they're gone. So what are they? What what's getting them up every morning? And this team, these guys are already looking for where they're going to transfer to. If you know, assuming that they get that opportunity when the sanctions come down, I just think it's it's. It was toxic to begin with, and they tried to put on a good face, and now there's no denying it. They're, they're, this is just not a good football team. So, mm. Love it. Ride with, ride with the Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, I don't know, minus 34 and a half. Sure. I'll take <laughs> it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Living on the wild side. Lock number two. It's another rally the wagons moment. It's another underdog. I'm going with LSU plus three and a half at Florida. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think the key is that they're getting healthy along the defensive line. Um, I Barton, I think Gary kind of talked me over into the lock category on this pick. There was a yeah, lot, you know, lot of confidence coming from his voice think, saying that this is going to be LSU's best game. Yeah, if you listen to this, this show um, and you hadn't listened to Gary's segment, I thought he had some good stuff this week. Um, circle back and give it a listen i i actually chip he kind of talked me into it too he helped like he helped me i don't have it as a lock but i do have it on our expert picks lsu winning and covering he sort of helped me um view it from a different perspective because i do think when you look at what happened last week against troy uh i think the reason ed orgeron told Matt Canada to, to stop with the shift in motions because they were playing Troy and he felt like, look, this is LSU football. We need to win this game. We're going to do it old school. Forget all the, the window dressing. We're going to run downhill at these guys and beat them. And they couldn't do that. And that's disappointing. Sure. But and they I rested Michael Brockers, the rest of a couple defensive linemen, you know, they were, they were trying to get through the game, get healthy don't put anything on tape and show up to Florida ready to win. Right. And, and I think now, whoops. <laughs> I, I mean, look at all the, they got AD conversations now being had with the coordinators and head coach. They got head coaches talking to the coordinators about what they're doing. I mean, there's just, they're having, they're having um, closed door team meetings. They're just, there's nobody took this loss harder than the guys in that room at LSU. And I think nobody has more to prove this week than LSU. And are we really going to bet on Florida continuing to just, I mean, hey, credit Florida for winning, but they haven't looked impressive yet. And are, are they going to sneak by another team? I don't know. I, I like, I, I, I've warmed up to the LSU side of this. And if it's ugly and if it's weird, plus three and a half, you know, again, I think LSU wins this game. I think this is, I think this is a spot where Florida playing with fire finally ends. They can't, they can't cover another spread coming through with some ridiculous backdoor cover action or some uncovered wide receivers. They can't do it. It's not going to happen. Here, here's my concern though. I mean, I, I don't have a great. I took Florida. It's not a game I would put anywhere near a lock. I mean, I was sitting with this one like, oh my god, but. Last last week in that loss to Troy, yeah, they Ed was messing with the offense. They switched things up in the second round. Matt Canada was or second half. Matt Canada went back to running his offense, and they scored twenty one points, and that's good. But the defense still couldn't stop Troy, and Troy was doing nothing but running right at him. So that to me is still a concern going into this week against Florida. Despite all that, all of that being said, I don't have any idea what's going to happen in this game because <laughs> Florida, I just, I picked Florida simply because like you said, they haven't looked good all year yet. They keep winning aside from that Michigan game. And I just feel like this is going to be another one where like last week where Florida is going to look like crap, but it managed to cover against Vanderbilt. And I was like, okay, it'll probably do that again against LSU. Yeah. Or, or like, what if this is the week that Florida's looked bad all year? They've still won. I guess the flip side of that coin is, what if this is the week that they win and, and they actually look good? Like I guess Florida's got a good game in them at some point too, right? Yeah. Um, 
the great thing know. for Florida, though, is if this is the week where they look good and win, everybody will just see, yeah, but LSU sucks. <laughs> but isn't that just the whole SEC at this point? Like, yeah. Unless you're beating Georgia, Auburn, or Alabama, you get no, like. No win <laughs> matters. It's yeah. like, yeah, but they suck. Who cares? <laughs> I, 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 so I'm on your side on this chip, but I am also don't really know what's going to happen in this game. Like, I'm not picking this, but. I lean that way, but man, this game also is like Tom said. I don't. I, I'm gonna watch it just for like morbid curiosity. <laughs> oh, I'm locked in, baby. I'm I'm doing I'm doing the SEC live halftime show. I want to have all the chips on the table. I want to be sweating oh. out my locks on live streamable mobile video. Are you in Fort Lauderdale again this weekend? Yeah. Nice. Um, the one other caveat or thing I would say about this this matchup is. If Darius Geis is healthy, and I don't, I mean, that's a big if. He hadn't played for a reason. Um, I think when you look at, or when I look at that Troy game, there are times when the running, the back gets to the second level and just, hey, the, the offensive line blocked for four yards, he gets four yards. Offensive line blocks for six, he gets six. And that's Daryl Williams. And I don't think LSU has got that elite back they're used to right now if Darius Geis comes back and if he looks like Darius Geis then all of a sudden a four-yard gain can can become a 15-yard gain um Florida's you know, defense is not that great 50. yeah yeah so we'll mm. see we'll see Tom lock me up uh another we're going to a rivalry game I'm staying in the Big Ten for my second lock Michigan State plus Woo! 10 and a half at Michigan. Yeah. There's there's not a whole lot I really need to say here other than Michigan State has covered nine straight against Michigan. And under Mark D'Antonio, Michigan State has won seven of ten meetings against Michigan, and their three losses have come by an average of five points. The biggest loss in the series that D'Antonio's ever had to Michigan came last year when Michigan State was an awful three and nine team and still only managed to lose by nine points against Michigan. This is just a game where these two teams, it's always close, it's always strange, and it's always ugly, and it's been that way for a decade. And I don't see that changing because Michigan State, I don't think, is a good team again. It's not the team we saw winning the Big Ten and going to the playoff a couple years ago, but it's definitely an improved team over last year's squad. And it's going against a Michigan team where I'm not really buying into the hype that Michigan's offense is suddenly better now that John O'Corn will be playing for Wilton Spade. Oh. Wilton Spade has not been great, but he hasn't been the he's not the only problem on that offense. And I don't think John O'Corn is the, the potion to cure everything that's wrong with Michigan this year. So I think this is going to be a lower scoring slugfest like you expect from these two teams. And if you're going to give me ten and a half points while doing that, thank you. Sparty, yes. That's one of my hey, locks uh, too. Is that one? So, uh, all right, <laughs> we go from lock fight to lock unity. Three, <laughs> three of us on Seriously. Michigan State. I'm on Michigan State too. They've covered nine straight years in this game. <laughs> let me look. Uh, give, let me give you this stat too. So, uh, two teams playing this game. One averaging 5.8 yards per play on offense. The other averaging 5.6 yards per play. 64th and 75th in the country, respectively. One team averaging 3.5 yards per play defensively. One team averaging 4.2 yards per play defensively, first and 11th in the country nationally, and and they're this and, and basically these are very similar teams. And yeah, you look at the spread and it's 11 or 10 and a half, 11 points. I think Michigan's getting all this additional love because of I, I don't know, I guess because of what they did last year, because of Jim Harbaugh, because their defense has been a, a storyline. These teams are are pretty evenly matched not to mention all the rivalry aspects and the tough close game aspects and the, these guys, you know, throw out the records and these two play type stuff. Um, I love this game. I'll take Michigan state all day. This is, this is, it's a one score started, game. It's a, it's and the fact that it's two, the fact that it's 10 and a hook is ridiculous. Yeah. When I started digging into the stats and I realized how close these two teams actually are in terms of what they've actually put on the field. Uh, it was a no brainer for me. There is a talent discrepancy. Significant talent discrepancy. Yeah, but that's always the case. In Michigan State, Michigan. Right. I know. Like Michigan State. There's a talent discrepancy in most games Michigan State plays in the Big Ten. Um, they're just not. They're not 
that's not how they're built. That's not how Iowa's built. That's not how Wisconsin's built either. Um, they they've still got players. They just they don't have the the big names. Would love to have a good LJ Scott game. I feel like it's been years since we've had a good LJ Scott game. LJ <laughs> has good back. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Wow. So we got lock unity. We got lock fights. Um, Tom for Michigan State. Barton on Michigan State. Chip on Michigan State. Uh, all right. Tom, let's go. Or Barton, you've got a fourth lock. Uh, yes. Am I on my? Th- I'm on. Yeah, I'm on my fourth now. Okay. Lock number four. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get this one out in case someone's watching this uh, or listening to this on a Thursday, and uh, it's getting close to kickoff. Uh, NC State plus two and a half at home. Thursday night game, Louisville. Um, look. I've not been a believer in Louisville all year. They're they're riding last year's hype train that fizzled out at the end of the year. Anyways, this is the best one of the best defensive lines in college football. Um, they've got the bodies to contain Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is going to get his, but this is I think again on a weeknight getting points. Um, I don't think Louisville should be laying points here. I, I don't think that they're that good. I don't think they're, they're, their defense isn't that good. Their offensive line isn't that good. Their weapons around Lamar Jackson aren't that good. And meanwhile, NC State is a kind of a freak South Carolina loss away from being 6-5-0. and you know? I mean, they outgained South Carolina by a bunch. And they just sort of let that game get away from them. A Debo Samuel opening kickoff return touchdown away from being undefeated. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, how would that change this line if they're sitting at 5 and 0? I think that they'd probably be, I don't know, I, I suspect they'd be favored. They, but um, so I like, I like NC State. I think NC State's going to win. I got uh, NC State is not a lock, but, uh, but yeah, Packer going to win that game. Yeah, I've got NC State too. Although I don't consider it a lock. Although I, just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't totally rule out a money line plan NC State either. Mm, on the field, <laughs> get it done on the field. I, I. Uh, all right. So what? What about? Uh, can we play this forward, Barton? NC State wins this game. All of a sudden, I can tell you that the buzz, uh, like, you quickly go from like zero to 10 with the talk about this season because they get Clemson at home on November 4th. And if they win this game, then you're setting up the situation where like they would, that would be a primetime game, you know, under the lights, undefeated in conference, undefeated in conference play. You've already got wins against Florida state and Louisville. You beat Clemson. Then you're on your way to the ACC championship. And all of a sudden Cole Kubelik's college football playoff chatter doesn't look that crazy how does do you think nc state could manage that because i agree with you i think they could win but then i think that there's there's just going to be something that something that creeps up a little bit later yeah i agree yeah this is um i mean this is a big game for them because that's that that provides a some opportunities later in the year they got to go at notre dame that's a tough matchup too um at wake looks like an actual an actual game but uh, there's win this, and in in some ways it starts to look like a two game season the rest of the way. Right. Um, so yeah, and that's is, and that's when you lose to North Carolina at the end of the year and everything comes crashing right. down. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's too. Oh man, it's it's uh, here in Raleigh being able to take the temperature of a fan base that can so violently swing from. Uh, we're doomed to we're winning the national championship. It's pretty awesome. You can just feel it in the water this morning here on Thursday. Everyone's like, they're going to start tailgating at noon. They're just going to be lit by the time that game starts. And if they win, they're going to be out of there high-fiving, talking about buying tickets to Atlanta. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Um, all right, Tom, hit me with uh, lock number three. Uh, my third lock is Mizzou at Kentucky Ew. under 61. <laughs> under 61. It's uh, 
a lot of the same logic I took a few weeks ago when I my one of my unders was Auburn and Mizzou, and it was about the same number. And the thought was that you know there's no way Missouri was going to score enough against Auburn to get to the over. And Auburn's offense at that point had been kind of you know in stuck in stuck in neutral. But Auburn's offense got going and then over. But this is Kentucky and Missouri, two teams who so far this year have not exactly been offensive juggernauts in games against real opponents. I think <clears throat> I think Kentucky against Power 5 teams or FBS teams is averaging about 25 points a game. Missouri in its SEC games is averaging about 16 points a game, I believe. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was something like that. And with the total set at 60, I just feel like that's too much for these two offenses. And I, I get a little concerned that maybe Missouri's tempo will wear down Kentucky's defensive line because while it's been strong, it's not super deep and the rotation gets kind of thin, and I worry about that wearing out. But even with that being the case, I just don't see this game getting over 61 points. I feel like this is going to be a very not-fun-to-watch kind of 24-17 to slugfest. I don't even think Kentucky really wants to score points. No. Do they? Like, no, they just... They're fine I, sitting on the ball for seven minutes. They're, they're like, I think they've got this, like, mentality, like, like points are for sissies. You know, like, <laughs> what... Like we don't need we don't need points. Like they twenty four seventeen and that been the score of like every game they played this year. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I I think betting unders on Kentucky the rest of the year probably um, probably gets you in the money. Probably gets you in the black throughout. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I wouldn't. I, it didn't catch my eye, but uh, any, anything under Kentucky involves is is good by me. Um. I got a I got an over under for you. Fr- Let's hear it. Friday night, Boise State BYU under forty eight and a half. Yeah, I I always feel like the under is a smart play with BYU. <laughs> it's yeah, uh, and Boise State's offense hasn't really been great. Boise State's no good this year. No, it's not. San Diego State's the new Mountain West power. Period. That's a I I didn't have it as a lock, but I feel like them minus anything under 14 against UNLV is a lock. So this is or is not a lock? It is not a lock. I'm just throwing this one just right off the top of my head. Like, that was an yeah. easy pick when we were doing our expert picks. Yeah. UNLV just a trash team. My lock, Boise BYU. I, I, so I was going to stick with my um, Temple unders, but something has happened this week with Temple. Do you guys know who the Owls are playing? East Carolina. Yeah. Over. So so we've got Temple's offense against ECU's defense. What happens? And and the overs come through in four or five ECU games. Mm, Yeah, I couldn't. I didn't want to take a side on that one. It was like all the, all all the different side. Like you, you've got the overs with the ECU games and the unders with the Temple games. I couldn't jump on that one so that's why i went for the uh the boise byu under is my over under play um barton do you have a fifth i do have a fifth yes. <laughs> of course I'm, he told, does. <laughs> I'm going heavy this week uh i am going west virginia plus 14 is that the number you guys have seen there what what, what, what am i getting on west virginia 13 and a half 14 yeah all right. Well, if you'll give me fourteen, I'll take it. But if you're going to give me thirteen and a half, I'll, I'll roll with that too. Uh, I'm getting. I'm taking West Virginia, um, and TCU. I, I like this team. They're good. They can run the football. They're number one in the country in third down um, conversion. But West Virginia, I I just I go back to that Virginia Tech game, and and they were a. They looked like a really good team that game. They they could have very well won that game. They've got a quarterback in Will Greer that I think is is one of the better quarterbacks in college football. I think that going to TCU, it might be a lot to ask them to win this game, but it wouldn't shock me. And giving me two touchdowns um, in a you know TCU's. As, as good as they are, I don't know that I see them starting to just roll up teams and win by 20, 30 points. I think this is a good, it's going to be a competitive game. And um, I, I like West Virginia 
They haven't played anybody since Virginia Tech. This is their first real opportunity to, to, to sort of tool up and, 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 and go to battle with a really good football team. I think they'll be prepared. And Tony Gibson's had a few weeks to get his defense um, settled in and, and, and sort of get some experience. I, I like West Virginia here. Mm. I agree. It's not my lock of the week, but I put it. It's in my pick six, and I also took West Virginia. And I think honestly, the biggest thing for me is I, I feel like West Virginia has the best quarterback in this game, which I think is yeah. important. And I, because I'm just not buying the Kenny Hill as a changed quarterback type of narrative that I've heard based on that Oklahoma State win. I there's still been a few turnovers, and I expect there to continue to be turnovers. And at some point, even if it doesn't cost TCU the game, it's going to cost them a cover here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a smart pick. I'm gonna stick with TCU on the expert picks. It's my. It's not a lock. It is only based on some frustration with West Virginia. <laughs> it is. It is only based. Not the team. The state. Chip is just no. really bad at the state <laughs> of West Virginia. <laughs> they wouldn't put Kansas away, and I'm still mad about it. They haven't played again since. The last taste in my mouth is bitter. TCU. Yeah, <laughs> so much uh, logic behind these predictions. All right, uh, Tom, number four. Uh, my fourth and final lock is Tulsa plus four and a half at Tulane. Great call. Tulsa is off to a very rough start this year. And it's just, I, 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 I don't think it's really indicative of the team that Tulsa is. Tulane, meanwhile, is two and two, but... It's games have come against Army, Navy, and uh, Grambling. Those are two wins. It's, it's faced a lot of option teams, and Tulane is an option team itself. In Tulane's one game against Oklahoma, which is, I'm not comparing Tulsa to Oklahoma straight up, but they're similar to what they do on offense. Tulane got tore up. So I, I don't expect Tulane to... This is just isn't a game that Tulane should be favored in. I think people are just looking at the records here. Vegas was, you know, when trying to set the line and seeing where people would go with it. Even though the game is at Tulane and Tulane has a better record this year, Tulane is not a better football team than Tulsa. So if you want to give me four and a half points with the Hurricane, I will gladly take them. Unless Tulane has passed the pox of Tanner Lee onto Nebraska and somehow found new life. <laughs> That's, well, that's that's Heisman candidate Tanner Lee. <laughs> you're, you're speaking up, Chip. Let's show the man the proper amount of respect. That's that's Manning Camp Buzz Tanner Lee. <laughs> Players that are making a buzz. Camp Camp Buzz. Camp Camp Buzz. Camp Camp Buzz. That guy balled out of the Manny camp. How dare you talk about him like that? He got the Archie Manning seal of approval. (laughs) Nolan's bias. Um, All right. Lock number five. I could not follow my path for the temple under, but for the third week in a row, I'm riding with Syracuse. But this time, it's not going to be – it's not going to be a cover – it's going to be a straight-up win. Syracuse is a three-and-a-half-point home dog against Pittsburgh. Now, what happened when Pittsburgh's defense went up against a wide-open offense uh, when they played Oklahoma State? Did it work out they well? got tore up pretty good. Yeah, I see Eric Dungy heating up and, uh, and leading Syracuse to a big home win. I think Syracuse is the better football team right now. So give me the orange, straight up, plus three and a half. Listen, Pitt is on my poop list, so I'm fine with this. Do you guys remember the score of this game in 2016? 75 to 71. 76 (laughs) to 61. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I, um, man, Pitt's. Pitt's not it's not been a pretty sight for Pitt this year and Syracuse does seem to at least be out there uh warming up so you know I'd be scared of it but I'm I I, I don't I don't hate the pick nice um all right is are all the locks on the table hell no <laughs> <laughs> we're going six pack baby <laughs> what is it 
right. Look, I've been I've 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 held off long enough. I've already I've already missed the opportunity at money making betting on UCF. I'm I'm not going to sit on the sidelines any longer. Uh, it's time to start riding the UCF rocket ship. I'm going UCF minus 17 and a half at at Cincinnati. Um, this is honestly as much as anything else. This is just a I, I'm just bullish on UCF. I just like UCF. I think that this is. I've said it before, and and I haven't had. I haven't put my my money where my mouth is. But this is the new Oregon. They they just cover. That's just what they do. They cover. And if you look at this Cincinnati defense, and this Cincinnati's played okay. You know they've they've they're they're not winning games, but they're not getting blown out necessarily. But if you look at what they faced defensively, they faced. Option, Navy. They face power football, Michigan. They face QB run game, Austin P. They face spread pass game, Marshall. Now they're facing UCF, which is this tempo, spread, fast pace, QB run, QB pass. And, and I think that's just a lot of different looks throughout the course of the season to, to where – Coming into this week, it's just a, a it's a lot to it's a lot to handle. Um, UCF, I, I like third down conversions when you're looking at sort of, you know, how good these teams are defensively, offensively. UCF's one of the best in the country um, at at preventing third down conversions, 21 percent. Cincinnati is like 100th in the country in converting third downs offensively. Uh, I just think if this starts to get rolling. I don't really trust Cincinnati to to mount a comeback, and and I think UCF likes to get rolling on people. Um, this UCF defense is much better than I think we ever thought it could be. Um, give me UCF, and, and this might be the first of my UCF plays where I just take them every week the rest of the year. You're just above market value. You just you believe UCF is better than their market value right now. Yeah. Only the problem is, I may. I hope I didn't miss my. You know, I may be buying high right now rather than buying <laughs> low. But, uh, but no, I, I still think this is, this is just a team that's going to blow people out this year. They just they're just going to do it. I mean, they did it to Memphis. I I had a hunch they were going to do that to Memphis last week. Only I picked Memphis early in the year to win the AAC, and I didn't want to bail on my pick just yet. I wanted to kind of find some belief in Memphis, and. And UCF just they, they just smothered them, and so I I just think that's gonna that's gonna continue. That trend is gonna continue this week. Um, yeah, UCF minus seventeen was the runner up to Penn State in my lock of the week for uh, for my pick six column. Nice, I, I, I liked it. So yeah, it's I'm I'm all aboard the UCF train as well. All right, no one wants to touch Georgia at Vanderbilt. But Nash- no Nashville resident Barton Simmons thinks the doors are going to have some. Or, or, is it picking the doors to stand up and uh, and shut the running game down, squeeze the life out of this game, or is this uh, uh, I don't, more I don't Georgia? Know about Vandy squeezing the life out of anything. I, <laughs> I I picked. I I think this is a pick for me. And again. To be very clear, this is not a lock. I don't love this pick. I just for our experts pick, I did pick Vanderbilt. I I think Georgia is due for just a, a sleepwalk. They're due for a little bit of a letdown. It's a morning game in Nashville. Another similar to the Northwestern situation. There's not gonna be a crazy atmosphere. And I think Vanderbilt has traditionally played Georgia pretty tough. That uh, well, they beat them last year, right? Um they or they, they beat them or they lose. Oh no no no! Either. They they beat them on a fourth yeah, and one yeah. on a fourth yeah. and one stop. So you know I don't know maybe that works against me a little bit because George George will be ready. But I I just think Vanderbilt is kind of due for one where they they mess around to give somebody some trouble. Um, what's the line seventeen and a half right? So I can win it with with a a uh, you know I don't know twenty four to ten you know type of game um so anyway i'm 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 on uh, 27 to 10 you know i i, I ba- barely picking vanderbilt here 
don't feel great about it, but um, Georgia's can't be perfect, right? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Listen, you guys don't have to make me feel good about this pick. I I don't feel good about it anyways. I just got to take a side. So I'm I'm not looking for affirmation. Yeah, I took Georgia, but it's not because I felt good about it. Yeah. Um, all right, so what are the what are some of the other lines in top 25 or elsewhere that piqued your interest that we haven't gotten a chance to break down yet? Uh, what about Washington State only two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Oregon? Mm. And that line started off with Oregon as the favorite. I actually I actually picked Oregon to win that game. Yeah, see, that it's such a weird game to me. I feel like there's so... There's a lot of people that are suddenly on Wazoo after they beat USC last week, and everybody automatically is fading Oregon because of the Justin Herbert injury. But it's just that is such a tricky situation to me. I wouldn't be shocked at all if Oregon wins that game. Yeah, uh, and I, I I still don't necessarily believe that Washington State is like they're ranked what 11th in the country now. What? Yeah. That, that team's not the eleventh best team in the country. No, like, no, 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 you know they're just not. And and they got USC in a great spot at home on a uh, on a Friday night. Um, and USC was beat up. Offensive line was was walking wounded. And Oregon, I, I just I think that at home in Austin, I, I I just you know I I don't know I like Oregon there. I'm a little worried about Justin Herbert being out, um, but. I, I still think that this is a, a spot coming off that big win. I've doubted Oregon throughout the year, and this is a this is just a different spot here where I think they'll they'll be ready to ready to play. Mm. I'm i this this is a spot where um, so Taylor Alley probably is not going to run the D, the offense as well as Herbert, but he looked okay. Is Royce Freeman healthy? That's that's the biggest question. He was banged up last week too. Yeah, I don't know, man. This is it's a huge spot for Washington State's defense. I feel like that's the side that's going to determine who wins this game. Yeah, their defense has been playing well. I mean, that's a that's a good unit right now. Um, so I don't feel great about it, and I kind of uh, I'll be to be totally transparent. <laughs> I, when I made that pick, I forgot Justin Herbert was was injured. So um, that I don't feel as good about it now that I remember Taylor Ollie's going to be under center, but I still think that's a decent de- decent spot for for Oregon to to sneak up and pull an upset. What about uh, so let's stay in the Pac-12? Stanford six and a half point favorites going <sighs> to the Muss. The Muss. Give me Utah. I just. My my whole problem with Stanford is Bryce Love is amazing, and I don't think anybody else on that team is. And Utah has been so solid, and it's always good at home. So if you're going to give them nearly a touchdown, I, I got to go with the Utes in that one. I mean, it's not a lock, but I do feel pretty good about it. Mm. Yeah, I took, I, took, I took Utah to cover Stanford to win, and because that's going to be a crazy atmosphere – that's a big time opportunity for them. They're going to be, they're, they're going to be fired up for that game. The defense, probably the best defense Stanford's faced, and I'd still pick Stanford to win because I still just I don't know whether this is like misguided, and or whether I just need to get off this train. But I, I just have a suspicion that Stanford is going to get this thing rolling, and they're going to have a, you know, end of the year they're going to you're going to look up and they're. Um, one of the best people are going to think they're one of the best teams in college football. Uh, I think KJ Costello, the move there at quarterback, helps that cause. And I think that offensive line is is they are opening up holes um, for for Bryce Love. So that's and and they've got a few. I mean, our Siegel Whitesides, Trent Irwin. There's some threats to the receiver if they can get a quarterback that can start getting the ball to him. So I, I still like Stanford a lot. And uh, but I just in this in this game. In this spot, I, it's hard to pick against Utah. Wisconsin, 11 and a half. Mm. That's, that's Nebraska, right? Yeah, it's at Nebraska. 
I just that that I looked at that line and I was just like, man, I don't know, because Wisconsin is a team that in the first half is just kind of eh every week. And then at halftime, it 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 gets all the adjustments made and it comes out in the second half and just dominates. But I just I I, I worry. I mean, I, I lean more towards Wisconsin simply because I expect um, Heisman candidate Tanner Lee to turn the ball over at least once in that game with the pressure that Wisconsin's going to put on them. But it's just, there's su- I have such a strange feeling about that game that I don't want to make it a lock or anything. I, is this, is this going to be a spot where the world's most anonymous 12 and O team has its hands full and needs a fourth quarter win? It could be. Yeah. I mean, because Wisconsin's offense, I mean, Alex Hornibrook's not exactly lighting the world on fire. So I, He's I been don't efficient though. He's been yeah, efficient. He, yeah, he's been he's been good in the key spots. It's just they haven't been a very explosive offense. They've been relying on, you know, long drives, which is not exactly out of character for Wisconsin. But at least in the last few years, you know, when it's had somebody like Melvin Gordon or even Dari Agabawinwe, I'm pretty sure I just butchered his name. But anyways, <laughs> hey, man, you said it like you knew exactly what you were talking about, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they would they would break off those long 50, 60 yard touchdown runs. I'm just not seeing that from Wisconsin this year. They don't have a really explosive playmaker at receiver right now. Troy magali has been banged up. So I'm just kind of concerned about what that offense is going to be able to do against Nebraska and if it'll be it, it, trusted enough to cover that spread. I mean, I think Wisconsin wins, but it could be a game that everybody's like, oh, see, this Wisconsin's not that good. I agree. It's going to be yeah. It's on the road. I think it's, I think it's at night too, isn't it? Um, you know, this is eventually Manning Camp All American Tanner Lee is gonna it's gonna have a game where we're reminded just how much we loved him out there at the in in Louisiana. But uh, I, I, this could be the one where at least they give give Wisconsin some trouble. The uh, you've got a potential letdown spot. For Virginia Tech, going on the road to Boston College, you gentlemen are not siding with the dudes. No. <laughs> I'm not. I, I think this is a bounce-back week for Virginia Tech. I mean, I know last week's loss hurts, but I, I just I, I can't put faith in Boston College. That's really all it comes down to. Is, is this the last hurrah for Steve Adazio? Hmm. I would assume so, but you never really know. I don't. He's been hanging around for a while, man. I don't think that you can. Uh, I mean, what is BC going to do? They're going to punt the ball when they're down two scores and three minutes left in the game, probably. Because <laughs> that's what they do. They just punt. They love to punt the football. All right, so Steve Adazio at Boston College. He has, in four season, four complete seasons, he's been to three bowl games. And outside of 2015, when they were winless in conference play, he went 4-4 four and four in 13, 4-4 four in and four 14, and then 2-6 and six last year. But got that 4-0 got that non-con record and then went and won the quick lane bowl. I don't know if Boston College can fire a coach who's gotten the team – to like if they don't make the bowl if they don't make postseason this year then i don't think that three bowl games in five years is i don't think that all on paper it just doesn't smell fireable for boston college yeah they kind of snuck like you, they, you sort of forget they went to a bowl last year because their their offense has been so bad that they they make the team feel like it's worse than it has been um, but then you forget that they've had some unbelievable defensive years with Don Brown and Harold Landry and boys. But, uh, yeah, I just I don't have any confidence in them figuring this out against Virginia Tech. Um, let's see. Elsewhere in top 25 action, Bama, Texas A&M. Uh, Tom, you're on the Aggies to cover this spread? I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But not like, oh, yeah, the Aggies are definitely going to – was that about 26 and a half we picked it at? Yeah. I just – I think Alabama did score so many damn points last week that my my gut feeling was that, you know, they're just 
they're going to take it easy this week. You know, last week, like we talked about it on the pod, there was like Nick Saban saying Nick Saban seemed to have a want to run up the score on Ole Miss simply because if Ole Miss dared to think that it could beat Alabama simply because it has beaten Alabama. I, I look at this Aggies team as a team that even though it has beaten Alabama, isn't really feeling like it can beat Alabama this year. And I, I just think that he's probably, you know, Alabama could name its score, but I think it's just going to get its business done and go home. It's a big number. The only reason I picked Alabama is because when you play Alabama, you've got to have balance. And Texas A&M right now offensively doesn't have balance. And I think that I, I commend Texas A&M Kevin Sumlin, Kellen Mond for the way that they've developed offensively and the way Kellen Mond has been able to um, navigate, make plays, win games. But this is the week that someone actually holds them to task and actually forces Kellen Mond to beat him with his arm. And I don't, and they're not going to be able to do it. And um, and because of that, I just I've, I have I don't see it. A&M being able to move the ball enough and right now that Alabama offense is looking about as good of, as there is in college football uh, and you know I just I think that that it's sort of you look up and it's sort of it's maybe 17 to nothing at halftime and and 35 just, to 3 at the, at starts, the end of the yeah, game yeah it just starts creeping the score just starts creeping up as the game progresses and and you and you realize like that there's just no way a and is going to score to make this coverable. So I, I, I took Bama. I do understand it's a lot of points, but um, lack of confidence in A&M moving the ball is why. Yeah, I, I see. Even though they're not scoring defensive touchdowns at the rate that they were last year, they might just be on that cover train. Um, what was it, 10-4 and four against the spread last year? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know if that's exactly, but it was pretty close to that. I think I, I do remember I think they were in double-digit wins. Yeah, you can't 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 set spreads that Bama can't cover. This is this is uh, roll tide all the way. Um, all right, is Brandon Wimbush is Brandon Wimbush gonna play? Is Notre Dame gonna have a letdown spot at North Carolina? North Carolina has no one. Everyone on that team is on the injury injury report. All eighty five. Yeah. I took North. I'm the only one of our expert picks to take North Carolina. I just took it based on a life of watching Notre Dame football. I feel like this is the kind of game where Notre Dame goes on the road and, and wins, but it's just a game that it kind of messes around in and doesn't really dominate like it should. I just have that kind of feeling about the Irish this week. It's not something I'm saying go bet, but I, that's just the gut feeling I have. Yeah, I could see that. Um I could definitely see that. Um, I, uh, I think I think Notre Dame is gonna is gonna win the game. I think that it's never gonna be in doubt. But especially if Brandon Wimbush is banged up, it's gonna be a let's get out of here healthy. Let's gonna get, let's get out of here alive, and they'll be satisfied. Um, and I just I don't see North Carolina score a lot. What's the over under? Maybe maybe you bet the, the under uh, on that one. But um, confident Notre Dame win, not confident to cover. Ooh, I like the under in that. That's probably a, a good suggestion. Uh, any other lines that looked odd, weird, or you want to call your shot on? Uh, no. <laughs> it's a, I, I kind of like Illinois plus 18 and a half against Iowa. I toyed with that. I, I, I flirted around with that a little bit. Yeah. I just... I don't think Iowa's offense is very good. And Illinois' defense, for all the faults that it has on offense, its defense has actually been pretty stout. So 18.5 seems like a lot for Iowa. But, I again, nothing near a lock. I just kind of like it. I agree. A um, couple anti-public line movements Ooh. to keep an eye on. Uh, one of them is the North Carolina. They're a 23. 23% of the public on them. The line's gone from their, them catching 16.5 to them catching, I think, 14.5. Um and I guess, you know, probably potential injuries from Notre Dame may be a reason for that line moving. Um, another one, one that we're all on, Michigan State. That one's gone down from – that opened at 12, down to 10.5, 10 some places with only 39% on Michigan State. 
And then the one, the, the probably the weirdest one this week was Virginia opened as a two-and-a-half-point underdog against Duke. Mm-hmm. And it's now sitting where they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and they're only getting 39% of the public mm-hmm. action. So stinky line, stinky yeah. line. Uh, you know, maybe maybe take a look at the at the who's this week. My my fear there, I, I noticed that too. My fear is that I think you know Virginia looked great against Boise State a couple weeks ago when we all saw it. But I just, as we discussed earlier, Boise State's just not very good. So I don't know how seriously to take it. Yeah, and but meanwhile, Duke hadn't played any good against anybody any good they got its butt kicked by miami so yeah, yeah it's it's that's a line that scares the crap out of me that's a big game for both those teams yes uh that's that's gonna be a fun one to watch if 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 you uh love getting your getting you know elbow deep in the in the mid to bottom tier of the acc coastal like i do <laughs> Then <laughs> this Virginia Duke game has incredible consequences for how things will set up in November. But this stinky this line. Is, this is like bowl game important. Yeah, for, for sure. Teams. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, all right. Well, we've got 15 picks, some of them crossovers. We've got Are a you lot of back? Yeah, for sure. All right, here we go. Barton, who is plus seven on the season, got Miami minus two and a half. Auburn minus 21 and a half, Michigan State plus 10 and a half, NC State plus two and a half, West Virginia plus 14, UCF minus 17 and a half. A six pack of locks for you, the loyal listeners. Tom at plus three on the season, Penn State minus 14 and a half, Michigan State plus 10 and a half, Mizzou at Kentucky under 61, Tulsa plus four and a half. Tom getting real risky with four this week. Chip, minus two on the season. Uh, Florida State, plus two and a half. Syracuse, plus three and a half. Michigan State, plus ten and a half. LSU, plus three and a half. Boise, BYU, under 48 and a half. Bit, a lot of plays on the table. I love this. Is is Do I have UCF? Is this is the line seventeen and a half most places now, or is it seventeen? Am I able to buy that hook, or are we is it pretty uh, is is it pretty consensus why that it's a seventeen and a half right now? I've got Vegas Insider Rope. I'll give you seventeen. That's the it's vi seventeen consensus. right now. Yeah, seventeen. Okay, yeah, I want to make that's a that could be a, that a critical hook right there. Yeah. So I mean, let me take that. All right, cool. All right. Well, we're uh, we're all set. You can follow Barton on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow Tom at Tom Fernella. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Make sure that you subscribe to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast because subscribers are going to get them first. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you. Good luck.